Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also with ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and weekly check-ins with myself. And of course, when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. (laughs) Shop the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's what fulfills you 10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. Today's episode is a solo one, and it is focused around the topic of why you need to create your own opportunities and stop waiting. I think this is something I talk about a lot on this show, but also just in general in my life. I've always been an advocate for going for it and really having the carpe diem mindset, which is essentially seizing the moment and taking whatever opportunity at hand and taking advantage of it. And so I have used that mentality in many aspects in both my career, whether that was following up with prospect clients and sending 10 or more emails, which I share that story today, or maybe reaching out to potential friends so that I could meet new people and maybe I found people that I had alignment with, or maybe it's like saying, fuck it, I'm gonna go to dinner by myself or I'm gonna go to this lounge or bar by myself because I wanna meet new people. Like the point of all of it is that you are the one putting yourself out there and creating those opportunities. And I say this all the time as well, that you cannot create opportunities if you don't take the initiative to be in that position. Of course, things happen in life and sometimes they're lucky, sometimes it's unlucky. But in order to capitalize on amazing opportunities, you have to be in the right place at the right time. And half of that process is showing up and taking initiative. So I dive into all of that on this episode and hopefully you guys are listening to this in the morning or at a time where you really need a good boost of mindset. (laughs) 
But aside from that, I haven't really shared kind of like a personal life update. I know this community is very personal and close and I try to keep you guys up to date with, you know, what's going on in my own life. And so today I kind of want to share some updates because I have been talking about it on Instagram stories recently. But basically, I can't believe it's already the end of March. And so I'm really excited that spring is around the corner here in New York City. I have a lot of travel plans coming up in the spring, not necessarily all intentionally, but uh, basically I'm, I'm going out to California for my friend's bridal shower, who I am part of her wedding in May. And then after her wedding in May, the following weekend, I have another wedding. It's my brother's best friend, who I am also close with him and his fiance as well. And so I'll be in Hawaii for that. Um, but in between, I am planning a Europe trip, a really brief one, because I, I don't really love to travel for long periods of time. I've always loved coming back to a home base. So my plan is to be in Paris and Milan. And so shout out to you guys who are listening all the way in Europe. If any of you are in those cities, please feel welcome to reach out to me over Instagram at what fulfills you. You can send me a direct message. Let me know you're in that area. Maybe send some suggestions, things like that. But for those of you who have been listening for a while, you may know that I actually in originally intended to travel to Milan on a solo trip back in early January and then I ended up pushing it back which is kind of why I'm doing this now but at the time it was only going to be Milan I was going to go for like five days and I wanted to go during the winter get away from New York and go to a city that's yeah more or less in winter season but not as cold as New York right and so I was really excited for that, um, but then Rona, Omicron, that was happening at that time, and so I figured it was probably just a safer bet to go in the spring. And it makes sense now because I have been learning Italian since November, and then I started a formal course back in December, which lasted for 12 weeks, which, to be transparent, you guys, I will say if you are someone that is interested in learning language, like a big part of it that takes self-discipline to have that strong desire to learn. But I have to be honest, like you are not going to learn that fast or that well if you take a formal class. Only take one if you need it for grammar and writing purposes. And at that point, that's like being more specific in the language. But I learned Vietnamese at a young age when I was a kid and if you think about how linguistic is and how you learn languages, you learn it by speaking and talking and repeating. That's how we learned it as kids, right? And then we go to school to refine the grammar, the punctuation, all of that. And so I noticed that prior to taking the formal class, I was very automatic with speaking Italian. I knew how to form sentences and like think and talk on my feet very, very fast. And I was surprised by it, but then also not as well because, again, I'm bilingual fluently. And so learning another language does not force my brain to jump into a new territory, if that makes sense. Like that part comes natural to me. And so when I was in this class, I noticed that my brain slowed down a lot because you start to think too much in the language and you start to write and read and you kind of slow down your process. And so moral of that story is if you are interested in actually being semi-fluent in a language and you're serious about it, 
learn through like maybe the Pimsler method or something where you have to talk and repeat what other people saying and that you are only thinking in your head not on paper and so I'm sure you guys might have heard this as well when you were in high school or middle school everyone will tell you the best way to learn a language is to actually be around those native speakers and so I am excited to put my Italian to the test which on full honestly I think it's not as on par compared to me in November but I will be sharpening it up over the next couple of weeks so hopefully my Italian will be you know I want to say like 30% fluent um, or 40% fluent in that case um, but yeah that's just kind of a little bit of what's going on in my personal life and hopefully you guys enjoy just hearing these life updates and how things are going but with that being said let's just dive into the episode You guys, I've been drinking Magic Mind for months now and I have to say it's freaking gold. I mean, it literally tastes so good that I sometimes drink it twice a day, which by the way, nothing wrong with doing so, but they do recommend only one a day. So that goes to show how much I do really love this stuff and I did drink one before starting my workday today. So why I love Magic Mind so much is because it actually makes me feel really calm and focused and it's also that perfect push that gets me into my flow state, which is what it's meant to do. And I'll share a few key facts and ingredients in this product. So it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee. If you drink coffee for energy and focus, I personally don't. I like to drink Magic Mind with my coffee or just after because the morning coffee and just making coffee, like I just don't want to give that up. It also helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And the best part, it is all natural ingredients, including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been thinking about it for a while, I highly recommend you give this a try. It comes in a box of 15, and it's definitely the perfect amount for the month. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill, F-U-L-F-I-L-L at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Enjoy. So this topic came to mind recently because I had a recent experience in particular in my career where a lot of it happened, like this opportunity came about and then the domino effect of opportunities after that came because of me taking initiative and quote-unquote creating that opportunity and when I say creating opportunity I essentially mean taking the initiative to go turn it into something and finding a way to turn it into something now my career background is in sales like that's my that was my first corporate job out of college and prior to that I already had business experience just from trial and error which in my opinion I think Anything you do in life when you have trial and error experience that is worth more than studying or reading books about it and I think there's many professionals out there that can attest to it but because this all happened to me recently I wanted to dive into this topic because upon reflecting I realized that there's many people I know in my own life as well as just through observing over time that 
they have a tendency to wait and hope for the best. Now, I would say everything is typically situational and there's no absolute answer for how to do a certain something in life. But I will say in most circumstances, so probably 80 to 90% of the time, you should stop waiting and create your own opportunity and take initiative. And I will share the 10% of time that I do think you maybe shouldn't, um, I guess, like be as forward or as assertive. But in my opinion, if you wait all of your life for something to happen, whether that is a job opportunity or whether that's making new friends or being in a relationship or moving or just essentially designing a life that you want for yourself, if you wait all of your life for that to happen, you will never get what you want. And it will ultimately be the decisions and choices of others that dictate your life. Because if you're not choosing for you, then people and life continues to move on. And sooner or later, you have to cave in to how other people made decisions and try to fit your life in based on your community of people. So maybe it's like family members or really close friends or a spouse or a partner, whatever. They start making decisions for themselves and you go along with what they want. And if that becomes misaligned and you don't do anything about it, well then, you know, that's not necessarily the life you want anymore, right? And again, it's different if it's aligned because if it's aligned, it means you want that, you chose that, that is different. But if it becomes something where you recognize within yourself, this is not what you want for your life, then this episode is going to be important. And an important truth about that too is that if you want something in life, you have to go get it. Life isn't meant to be easy and handed to you. And so you have to take the initiative and be willing to make the first move. And for me personally, I will say that I was kind of forced into this position to learn how to create my own opportunities because I feel like a few years ago, mentally and emotionally, it felt like my back was against the wall and I really had no other option but to figure out the things that I wanted on my own or just cry about it and, you know, let the waves or like the current of life just take me along, right? And so from that experience, I realized that I learned a lot faster than others because I was forced into that hand. And so if you feel like you are in this position right now or you have been in the past or you find yourself in this position in the future, take this from me, you will learn a lot faster than others. Will it be hard? Fuck yes, it will be. But take advantage of it. I can assure you that adversity is what it takes in order to experience the nicer part of life the the quote-unquote success even though i don't really like to put it in terms like that but but the enjoyment afterwards right it's it's that saying no pain no gain i used to tell this young girl i tutored back in college and so basically this was my part-time job i did for four years i got this job off of care.com which also relates to this creating your own opportunities aspect but i never share this on the podcast But fun fact, I actually got denied by Starbucks, Madewell, and Target, and I applied to these jobs during 
my fall semester of college, like my very first semester. So I was 18 years old, just moved out from Pennsylvania. I grew up in a town of 8,000 people. And now I was living in one of the most affluent neighborhoods in America, which is Orange County, Newport Beach area. And I was trying to find a part-time job. Like I've always loved working and, and finding a way to make my own money. I think that's just a mentality I've had from a young age and perhaps um, as well just being instilled in me with immigrant parents. But I made so many mistakes when I was applying. I remember when like Madewell, for example, they would ask me to provide my availability. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I I would specifically give them time frames of when I would was available. I'd be like, Monday, I'm available like four to seven and when when they're probably looking for someone that's like flexible on a friday for example you know or maybe like from one to nine instead of like the window i gave them and then for target i didn't get accepted there because at the time since this was in the fall they were looking for someone that could work part-time in the holiday during the holidays as well because that's always busy at target we love that i mean i love target during the holidays but I was a freshman and I knew I was going to go home for Christmas and that would be like my first time going home since moving over to California. So I was like, I won't be around. And then I got, uh, you know, rejected, whatever. And then Starbucks, okay, this is actually a really funny thing to admit, but full transparency, you guys, because this is what, like five, no, ooh, this is like seven years ago, my bad. So, um, this again, this is when I was 18. So I'm pretty sure this is why, like, I just never like had an interview at all at Starbucks, but I remember on the application, again, similar mistakes to what I did on my application at Madewell, where I, the, one of the questions was, would you be willing to like clean the bathrooms? Like things like that, that you do. I think when you're a barista, I, I don't know. I've never, again, never had the experience to work there, but I'm assuming they just make you, flexible with doing anything and everything along with being a barista or like checking people out whatever right like you know at the checkout register so I remember I at the time very naive I was like nope not able to do that and then um, I just never got an interview sorry to go off on a tangent there but basically because I did not get those opportunities I decided to go on this website called care.com and I wanted to find something like a nannying or babysitting job except not necessarily that I wanted to do something more skillful and hands-on but was still going to pay at least I think 12 or 15 dollars an hour I'm pretty sure that's what at the time that's what minimum wage was in California if I'm not mistaken or I think I think I just wanted like a little more than minimum wage if that makes sense and so um, I had a few jobs um initially but then like it lasted for maybe I think it was only one actually I I had one and I think I was like designing a website for this lady so again goes full circle I was getting paid 12 an hour maybe even close to 10 to be honest I remember it was like not that expensive and then it just didn't work out with this lady so that lasted for about a month and then afterwards this tutoring job comes about it's basically a very easy job where I am more or less assisting with pushing this young girl and or her siblings at the time we didn't know about I'd to do tutoring for her siblings either but um I would be helping with their homework and this was when they were in second grade so it's basically 
parents that really wanted to ensure that their kids were fast-paced and up-to-date with their academics because that was um, that is a big core value in the family and just kind of me being there to instill discipline and ensuring all their homework is done and completed each week and each day because um, the parents they worked a lot and they have great jobs and so they were extremely busy and wanted to allocate someone like myself to dedicate time to help them ensure they're on track and so as a college student that was perfect and over the years I became very close with the family Um, I, I started to feel more like a role model slash mentor to especially the girl that I tutored um, again she was she was I think seven years old when I started tutoring her and I was 18 and then I tutored her up until I was 22 so for four years so I think around I think she was 11 I think she was 11 or 12 I think 12 when we stopped because I got a full-time job um, that was just one of my part-time jobs and I went off on way too much of a tangent there but basically when we first started, I think the first year of tutoring, she was young, so she would cry and complain about doing math and multiplication and addition and subtraction, and again, I'm getting paid to push her, you know, like push her a little bit, and I was 18, 19 years old, I was um, trying my best, and, and, and I honestly think that I did a great job, but I remember I didn't really know how to handle a seven-year-old crying because I was like, oh my God, this might look like I did something wrong. But her mom knew like that this girl was a complainer and would whine all the time and would like tell her like knock it off, like, you know, like go and and do it, like do what Miss Emily says. And so over time, I learned some tactics to work on this girl, uh, especially when she started to complain and get upset and whiny. And it really amused me in a way because... I was also just this late teenager figuring out her own life and starting to learn how to work with kids and basically get a result I want as well as helping her get what she wants. And so she was young. She wanted to color. She would always want to doodle and color with me. And I said, okay, we can do that. However, I'm going to give you two options because we also need to do addition, subtraction, multiplication, whatever it was that she was complaining about. So I said, we can either color first and then do math after or we can do math now and then we can color afterwards and then i told her this is how i think of it you can either play now and work later or you can work now and play later and she caught on and she was like you know what every time she would get upset she'd be like fine we work now and then play later And so that's just a mentality I've had for many years of my life, you know, as a former athlete and everything like that. But in that particular moment, I remember it really affirmed that concept of like nothing in life worth having comes easy. Even if you're a kid and you want to color, you have to overcome the adversity or rather what Ryan Holiday, one of my favorite books by him is called The Obstacle is the Way, rather go through the obstacle, like, you know, pound through it and and just do it, get over it, get that experience and then move on and you can enjoy. And so that's something I experienced in my own personal life with various adversity uh, from, I would say, like like late 19 years old through 2021. So like for a good two years, I was struggling in different aspects and 
I remember feeling bad for myself for a little bit at like maybe like two months and then I started to realize like nope this is not who you are this is not what you're gonna do you are not just gonna sit back and let life happen to you you are going to take control of it and get your fucking act together and take advantage of the situation you're in so now I'm telling you many years later all of that is the reason why I had the initial drive to brand rebrand my figure skating dress company Elite Skatewear and that's also how I became more interested in podcasts and the way it taught me so many different things in a week that I never knew I could learn and it started to shift my mind in a whole new way that without the adversity and that feeling of I guess you could say depression and feeling like I'm just so against the wall that I don't know what the fuck to do but either do something about it or feel bad about myself obviously I was like all right well I'm gonna do something about it then you know and so wherever you are at in life if you feel like you have the tendency to wait around and hope that something comes up or hope that everything happens for a reason I mean yes like I I love this debate too that it is one of the questions in the card game for the what fulfills you card game but I ask a lot of guests on my show this um and then I also just love to ask everyday people but I always ask the question like do you think everything happens for a reason like a universal reason or do you think that our choices dictate our life slash fate so to speak however you want to put it and I know many people who say everything happens for a reason and then alternatively other people will say it's 50 50 you know things happen and not everything you control but you do make certain decisions and when you are at a crossroads and you are presented with options and choices in those moments you make that decision and you go down that path and you maneuver as you go and personally that is my belief and with that kind of belief as well I find that when you believe your decisions and choices have a strong impact on your life, you recognize that you are responsible for your life. Again, I know that not everyone completely feels aligned with this statement and maybe you will a couple years later or maybe you felt this recently or maybe you also already have this mindset as well. Maybe for me, I had this early on because again, my parents came over to America and I really felt like not in a bad way, it's actually a positive impact to me, but I felt like I had it easy in a way that like I was born here and that I was going to college here and that I didn't have to have student debt because they literally were so poor and, and saved all of their money so that I could go to school without debt. But in exchange, like they never had luxuries. You know, like they lived a great American dream life, which in in turn made me recognize like oh my gosh Emily if they could do that with their life and put you through college and you know help afford you to be in figure skating and all these different things and they came literally from a fucking boat um as immigrants and they come over here they learn English and you know my grandparents uh, my American grandparents were my parents so at the time, they, my parents did not know each other until college when they when they met over here. But their spon- their individual sponsors were 
people that I called my grandparents. So I would call them like grandma and grandpa, but they're not like my biological grandparents, but those, you know, so that's something a lot of people don't necessarily know about me as well. And I think as I grow more comfortable and more connected with this community, I find that it's worthy to share because I know there's actually probably more of you out there listening that might have some of these in common and it might help to hear something resonate with you. But I bring that up just as a whole because seeing how my parents were able to bring me out into this world, similar to what Rana Zan said, who was on episode 144, who's also a child of immigrants, she said that she feels like she has no excuse. And I feel the exact same way as a child of immigrants that I don't have an excuse to not be able to do like 10 times more than what my parents did. And so that's why I truly believe that I am responsible for my life. And as hard times happen, I take it as it is. I manage it. I deal with it. I go with it. But but I do my best to make the best and most strategic decisions for my life and for my future. Okay, so with that being said, I want to dive into personal examples because I believe it's easier to understand a concept when you hear examples. So my first one is career related because I do think the whole creating your own opportunities thing within your career is a very big deal and is kind of underrated almost I think um, especially for women who are younger and maybe you just got out of college and you're still figuring out life and you know you feel like you're not there yet to take such initiative well let me tell you something guys that is that belief get that out the door okay so I'll give you an example of what happened recently there was a company and also like a prospect in in sales terms that I really passionately wanted an opportunity to work with. I knew one person at this company already because I had done an initial outreach to work on a different kind of influencer collaboration. And after seeing the alignment and the unmet needs in their business, I was like, wow, I see a fit for me and my marketing agency, Lost Hatton, to work with this company. And if you guys don't know, for my marketing agency, I specifically work with business, like B2B businesses. And I guess in layman's terms, I would say to a lot of people, it's not like I don't like to work with fashion or like product-based brands and businesses in my marketing agency. I actually like to work with what you guys might consider more quote-unquote vanilla businesses. So like law firms or hospitality or just different business sectors that are more corporate, so to speak. But then I get to add the creative twist into it. So that's just like some insight into the clients I already work with slash enjoy working with. And so after the initial influencer partnership I did with the company... I remember at the time I didn't live in New York yet, but I was moving in just a few weeks. And so I I wanted to reconnect with this lady um, just right when I moved to New York. And unfortunately, the timing 
did not work out well like I you know we initially wanted to get coffee or lunch and catch up and then we had like a couple rain checks and all these different things like it just timing didn't line up and then holidays came and that made life a lot busier for everyone both personally and then with work right so long story short I followed up with this person I want to say at least eight to ten times it could be maybe more than ten times too I didn't count but I followed up, let's let's just say like over 10 times in the course of about seven months. And I did this, yes, even when she did not respond because from personal experience, you guys, let me tell you, people are busy, okay? So if you want to be top of mind, you have to follow up. And something I learned in my sales career because I used to do cold calling and all that shit back in the day, which, oh my goodness, taught me so much for my career now. But a couple things about that. Number one, business owners and people in business who know how to do business well, they love persistent people, okay? Because not only is that a trait they needed themselves to get to where they are if they are a top decision maker or whoever it is you are reaching out to, they had to be persistent. But number two, I've had many times where either back in my old corporate job, prospects told me that they finally took a call with me or took a meeting with me because I was persistent. Or I remember the internship I applied to my senior year of college. It was a remote internship. So funny enough, it goes full circle because I knew I already wanted to be working remote after I graduated obviously this is pre-pandemic at the time the manager just didn't get back to me yet but I knew she was very interested in me coming on board and once I started working there I remember one time we had a meeting and the screens were shared and I saw a little sticky note on the screen that said Emily followed up three times shows a lot of persistence we love that she's a great fit so I'm just putting it out there I can assure you in the setting of a career or job opportunity, it is not too much to follow up more than six to eight times. Yep, I said it six to eight times. I even told my hairstylist this back in California when she was starting to go off on her own outside of just salon work, you know, like she was doing more fashion projects and photo shoots. I, she would be like, yeah, I followed up with them two to three times. I said, no, 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 girl. This might sound extreme, but the minimum you can do it is six times. Minimum. Minimum. It sounds crazy, but you have to do it. And there's been other times too where people will be like, oh my gosh, Emily, thank you for following up. I've been so busy and so glad it's at the top of my inbox now. Do you guys see that? So yeah, I will say too, to add into that, I I typically don't follow up like I would follow up maybe, let's say if I send an email on a Monday, the earliest I will follow up is Wednesday evening, most likely Thursday morning, depending on what it is. But I give it a couple of days, but on average, maybe like three days. There's nothing worse than following up the next day because I hate when people do that to me. If you follow up in under 24 hours, that's also not cute. Okay, but give people time, but also know when to jump back in and follow up because people get busy in this. And I do this personally as well. I'll see emails. I read it on my phone, but then forget I read it. And then so when I go on my computer, 
it shows that it's already read and then I just miss it. So, but the result I want to share is that after seven months, seven months later, <laughs> I gained an opportunity for an initial project. And again, this was after my last follow up. She finally responded and was like, oh my gosh, so good to hear from you. And she was like, hey, you know, I actually have this coming up. Would love for you to be a part of it. And so I prepared for this event where I made sure I made a strong impression. I showed them great work. Um, a lot of the work that I did was like photography and video related as well as like content strategy. And so this specific event also allowed me to showcase my skills to other decision makers and to other people that would be valuable partners for me long term and, and essentially led to multiple new opportunities. But again, it comes with patience and persistence. Let me remind you, I followed up likely more than 10 times over the course of seven months. So the lesson here, do not be afraid to follow up multiple times and do it until you directly hear no and that they are literally not interested. Until then, be persistent, especially if it's an opportunity that you would die for, you know is a really great fit. And I knew during my follow-ups that this client would be a really great fit for me and a great opportunity to expand my marketing agency. I know what my skills are. I know that would be valuable to them. And I know that I love the way they communicate and the way they do business and that the values are aligned and everything else, like, you know, energy is aligned. And so to me, it was just a matter of getting in the door and being able to show them that as well. And overall, being persistent is a great trait to have in in the career field, but especially if you are in business or sales because you really need that in order to survive. Because if you don't, then you will get burnt out with feeling like you have nothing going for you, feeling like you're rejected because over time you will learn, like if if no one is saying no yet, it just means soon or maybe or whatever, but keep going at it. This is not like a dating scenario. This is in your career. This is a completely different context and I can assure you I've done it myself in many different career opportunities. So another great example of this is outreach to new people for potential friendships and I've done this myself. I've shared it in the past but I think this is so important to reiterate because especially when you are in your 20s and maybe you are in a new city or you realize like the people in your life right now are just not that you know on par with you you start to realize like, fuck it, it's time to make new friends, you know, it's time to start to bring new people in my life. And it's funny because I have close friends in different cities now, like in Nashville or Miami or wherever, where they know that I am like, it's like in a good way, kind of aggressive about being willing to network and meet people and just put myself out there because again, I've done it so many times. I've definitely gotten quote unquote rejected, even though in my mind, like it didn't occur to me that that's the case. But like, when, again, when you do, when you do anything so many times in life and you've gotten the worst kind of reactions or whatever, nothing scares you anymore. Guys, I used to sell payroll <laughs> at my corporate job and I would foot prospect, meaning I didn't do like inside sales. I did what is called, um, I forget. It's just basically like we prospect, it's like out side sales though like I'd go and meet clients in person and so I'd be walking into you know fucking businesses in my heels 
right on like a sunny day in Laguna Beach and I'd be going door to door giving them my business card asking them about who their payroll provider is asking them the the decision maker and I've gotten people like to be like can you just fuck off you know so when you've gotten that experience and and you've seen that side like trust me guys like everything else is a lot easier (laughs) so uh, don't be afraid to put yourself in harder positions but I will say that for me I always love meeting new people I love giving people opportunity to chat with me and get coffee as well I know you guys um, some of you guys who are in the New York area have reached out to me so if you're listening you know who you are and I do enjoy those moments because um, I love that you guys take the advice that I say and be like just reach out like I'm very mindful of that when when you guys tell me hey you know I'm doing this because you also encourage this and I love that so I'm putting myself out there so I personally love to see that um, but for me when I do it if I have been following someone for a while or we have like a mutual friend but like we don't personally know each other yet and I see some kind of alignment especially at this age when it's like lifestyle taste or personal hobbies like reading self-care stuff like that and especially core values then I usually try to reach out. I'm, I'm very forward about that. So maybe I'll do it through direct messages or I'll respond to their story. Like let's say they're at a restaurant that I like or I have been to. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I love that spot, you know? And I will try to make conversation out of a commonality that we have. Again, if we have an interest in a certain restaurant, it's like, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we tried going there together sometime, you know? Or other ways, you, you know, you can always suggest lunch or coffee. Those are easier. And you guys, you'd be surprised, but oftentimes most people are open to it. People love getting the opportunity to meet new people as well. And so you just have to be willing to do it and take the initiative. And most of the time, the outcome will be a new network, potential new friend and close long-term friendship. It could lead to new network of people that may also be more aligned with you. Personally, this did happen to me when I moved to New York City. I certainly met a new network of people, people that were more aligned with me on many different levels compared to my life in Los Angeles and Orange County. And actually one of my close friends did this. She is listening to the show right now. I know she tunes in all the time. Um, But she reached out to me for coffee back in LA. This was actually last May. So it was like the week before I left for New York for like my classic back and forth visit. And I think after that, we just became close because... I remember too, like, I think she found me, she said she found me through this page called Book Thinkers, and she just randomly thought of a name, I believe that it, that's what it was, and like went through the followers of this page, and then happened to find me, and also noticed that I was also in the LA area, and to some people, that might seem really, like, weird, I guess, but to me, I was like, fuck yeah, like, I love that, because you take initiative for yourself, you're able to own that story and being like, yeah, I was like seeking this because I know what I'm looking for in like new friends. And I think that's dope. I think that's there's nothing cooler than meeting people that say, yeah, I know what I want. And I know like what I'm looking for in new friends and stuff like that. Whereas people who show a lot of uncertainty to me or from personal experience tend to be a little flaky in certain aspects. And so I found it I find it harder to become friends with those people just being full, fully honest. And so long story short, fast forward like 10 months later, we actually both 
live in New York now and we're in the same neighborhood, which is great. So we can always come over to each other's place and just like drink wine and catch up and all of those things. And when I think back to why we became close in the first place, I would say we certainly had alignment in values. I just think our perspective on life, what is and was pretty similar um, off the bat. And then also too, of course, like that personal hobby, we both love to read. We love to talk about it. We love, I think, personal development and self-care and all those things. And then over time, we got to chat more about relationships and dating and all that classic girl stuff and so it was really great to make a new friend and then of course now months months later we're both in the same city and we did talk about this too when we lived in LA I think at one point we were hiking at Runyon which is a common hiking spot and I you know I was already well on my way ready about to move to New York but I think prior to that too at some point we were like before I had even like fully had an apartment yet here in New York like before I even signed a lease I we were talking about how we both eventually wanted to be in New York City and live there and so I remember she was like yeah I think come winter time I think I'll I'll cut my lease like she was on a month-to-month thing so she was able to um kind of think it through and be like okay after the holidays like timing it that way and luckily it worked out and so now we're both here and you know you never know and I think one thing I'll add with that too is what's great is that I think she had a guy friend that also encouraged her to do something like this because I think he did the same when it came to reaching out to people reaching out to guys on Instagram and just saying hey like you know whatever I think you're cool or just like see something really similar whatever would love to connect that kind of thing um I think she was like encouraged by that and so did that with me and now we're friends so to cap off the episode I want to share a few common reasons I believe that we tend to wait or not take initiative and the first one is none other the fear of rejection now let me tell you guys something if you don't ask or you don't reach out the answer is already a fuck no beforehand anyways so think of it this way you are already in a rejected position when you haven't asked yet so the only way out of that position is to ask because if you ask you have a 50 percent chance of getting a yes and at the very least if you ask you are 100% going to make progress one way or another because you're going to find a new level of certainty whether like, okay, let, let's say whatever the, the thing is, let's say it's a job, for example, right? Or career related thing. They say no. Now you don't have to keep chasing something that was a dead end or that finally became a dead end. Now you don't have to guess. Now you know the data and now you can make a strategic decision to go a different path right that's again how I like to think things through and I just do not like to waste time on uncertainty and on things and areas in life that can be resolved a lot quicker so especially if it's relating to just asking the question you know so that's my piece of advice only way out of being in a rejected position is to ask the second reason is well i think a lot of us have the fear of looking stupid especially when it comes to reaching out to someone like a stranger and not being sure what they're gonna say well let me ask you this who determines if you look stupid more importantly can you 
directly control the way the other person perceives you? Yeah, the answer is no, right? Like you cannot decide for that person whether they think you're stupid or not, right? You can actually influence it too by coming in with a level of confidence, a certain perception of value, like, hey, meeting with me would be valuable to you. Like it's worth your time, right? You got to remember that is when people say yes to something, they are looking at it from a lens of what's in it for me, right? So you have to indirectly communicate that, showing them why it's worth it for them and the potential value they can gain from the interaction, let's say meeting for coffee or lunch or whatever. So if you are someone that knows deep down that you have the fear of looking kind of stupid or silly, you got to do it anyway because you can't fully control the way the other person perceives you. Another common one, I think, is that most of the time we think we aren't ready or good enough. This is definitely most likely common if you are a recent college grad, you are on the younger side of things, you feel like you don't have the same experience as older people, so you start to shut yourself down before you can even give yourself a shot. This is probably more common, especially in career-related situations. I have kind of felt that in the past, but then once I... Once I put myself out there and once I did things on my own, that's when I really built a lot of confidence. And again, I think when you start to test the waters on your own more rapidly, you also learn more rapidly. And so that confidence is up to you. You have to know yourself and showcase that self-confidence and that assurance you have in yourself. The person receiving your energy can feel that energy so they can feel your self-assurance as well as your lack of confidence if you don't have any right and i'll leave you guys with this question if you don't believe in yourself if if people can feel that from you well how the hell are they going to believe in you how are the hell how the hell are they going to be convinced that they can believe in you right especially if it's someone that is like a job recruiter or an employer. Like how can they believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? I'll give you guys a little hint too. For me, my alter ego is Harvey Specter from the show Suits. The first episode was where he closed a deal like no other. He's a smooth talker. Yes, it's a fucking show. But ever since then, I was like, oh my gosh, I need that kind of energy in business. I want that. So it's kind of like Jessica Pearson, she is in that show as well. And it's like the same kind of energy. Alpha, ENTJ, boss, motherfucker, but, you know, sharp, charismatic, all those things. I've always loved those two characters. And so for me, I actually write Harvey Specter, like that name down on my notepad when I'm on a call, like let's say with a prospect or a client. I write that down to remind myself to have that energy at the forefront, the confidence, the calming, reassuring, charismatic energy. And I highly recommend you find a similar tactic if this can help you with confidence, especially over the phone or if it's in person, visualize that person, like visualize that alter ego, whoever that is, before you're in a meeting, whatever, and train yourself to bring that kind of energy to the table. And last but not least, I think most of us have a fear of being quote-unquote too much 
And so an example of that would be following up multiple times. So some of you guys might feel shocked when I say I followed up more than 10 times, but you have to remember context is important. This is different than following up with a guy you went out with maybe one or two, three dates, and now he hasn't responded to you and you feel like he's going to ghost you. That is very different okay romantic settings are different than career related situations because in career and professional settings it's all about respect and being on a timely manner so even when someone reaches out to me multiple times I go off the value of respect I respect people I respect their time and I know I would want this as well if I was on the other end and so if someone reaches out to me with something that I have no interest in or I don't see as a good fit, especially with like podcast guests, for example, which I do love when people reach out to me and suggest and pitch a guest. But when there's a time someone's following up multiple times and I know it's not a good fit, I actually let them know. And I'm saying, you know, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate the email, but I do not see alignment at this time. And I let them know, thank you so much. Um, But like, you know, if they have other people they want to pitch like they can go ahead and do that but I am honest I'm straightforward and I'm not going to sugarcoat it either and that's how it usually is within the career realm and that was all for today's episode all about creating your own opportunities and taking the initiative to do so I hope this episode was valuable and somewhat motivational for you even though I don't like to put it in those terms I do hope that it really turned on a light bulb for you or was a good reminder as to hey you know stop waiting around stop waiting for things to happen to you you have to take initiative and take accountability for your life and as always if you enjoyed the episode I would so appreciate it if you could like and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify as well as sharing this episode on your Instagram story and tag at what fulfills you You guys know I love it. I appreciate it. I always love to chat with you all personally when you do post it. So be sure to tag at what fulfills you. Thanks again for tuning in today. I would chat with you all in the next episode. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.